0: Hello, welcome to the Real Work Podcast with me, Fleur Emery. Unedited conversations with women who are changing up the world of work. Extraordinary women who are founders, thought leaders or trailblazers. Here to inspire and inform your idea of what's possible for you. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Real Work Podcast, and today our guest is Hannah Hoskins, disability educator and entrepreneur, founder of Not Your Grandmas. The, um, we go, well, well how would you describe this week's episode? Very funny. Hannah has, um, a, well, we're, we're friends, so she feels um quite at liberty to correct my, um, mistakes when approaching this very sensitive and nuanced subject S- that's such modest wording from you wow. there Fleur. i mean i yeah i slip on a few banana skins this week and um Ooh. yeah hannah just like a sort of a, a younger relative is very happy to point them out so um it makes for an interesting conversation not very politically correct kind of up and down <laughs> and um a lot of fun you will learn about compression garments. What else? The um, Snoop Dogg's walking stick.
1: <laughs> Can't believe you're putting what? that in I mean, intro? That's, a,
0: that's that's clickbait. Surely, you said juice it up a bit. That's yeah. juicy. He's an international yeah. megastar, isn't he? So, yeah. yeah. We got Snoop Dogg on yeah. this week. And yeah. also we discuss um just Hannah's experience, the change in her career really. What, what the reason why Hannah's such an interesting character is that she had like a super active career in TV, cut short, and has found a lot of uh, she's she's has a lot of resilience and she's she's made a creative career that is utterly different to what she was doing before and is absolutely loving it and having a great time and doing really well and is building some a business that she can take time out from that so supports her physical health needs which I just think is you know forward thinking and her execution is bang on so yeah here it is Hannah Hoskins <laughs> Welcome, Hannah Hoskins, to The Real Work Podcast. Hello. Have you listened to any of the other episodes?
2: I haven't got around to it yet. I really need to.
0: <laughs> That's great. That means you don't know what you're in for. No, no. So we're ready to start an extremely professional work-related... So um, the the sort of brief of this podcast in Real Work is to... Um, to bring people conversations with women who have kind of written their own job descriptions, who are sort of having agency over their own working life. And our tagline has one of your favorite words in Hannah. It says, yeah, we are here to inform and inspire (laughs) women to work, um, in their own way for, um, on their own terms. So, um, That just brings us onto the subject quite neatly of all the kind of stuff that I've been learning from your hilarious Instagram feed, which is, I mean, it's booming, right? Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, it's doing good. Um, So I educate on chronic illness and disability through Instagram and using small cartoons um, and making it as simple as possible because I find that people... uh, don't understand an awful lot about disability. I mean, I didn't understand I had become disabled when I became disabled. You had to ask um, someone. I had to Google it. I um, I, I Googled it. I got asked. Then <laughs> someone went, Hannah, do you care as diversity? And I was like, I don't know. Let me out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And then I took the diversity box.
0: It was great. Um, <laughs> is it one of those questions? If you put in, am I in Google, yeah. is that one of yeah. the ones that comes up? Suggested yeah,
2: was, ones. Yeah, I'm not the only person Googling it. So God, <laughs> that's so interesting. That's yeah. so interesting.
0: Well, How did you feel when you got the yes? Was it like...
2: It's weird because, like, for me, it it's not the point that you kind of become okay with being disabled. Like, it's more of a, like, oh, oh, okay. And then you sort of ponder it for a bit. And you're like, okay, that means I count. But that doesn't necessarily mean you you decide that you're disabled at that point. Um, Quite a lot of people know that they count on forms, but they say they're not real disabled. They're like, oh, yeah, I mean, I count on forms, but I'm not really disabled. Um, So there's kind of the point at which you realise that you can take the forms and get the extra help, which you often need. But there's also the point at which you accept your disability. And they are two very different points. That you know, I didn't call myself disabled, even though I knew I counted as disabled for at least another year and a half. Um, and that's quite quick in terms of understanding it and then accepting it. Um, and that was mostly because I was in the community surrounded by a lot of other people who are happy to call themselves disabled. I know disabled people who have grown up being disabled, but don't call themselves disabled because those around them didn't ever accept it. Um, and so, you know. They were always told, "Oh, you you are disabled, but not real disabled." Yeah, it's all like relationship that. with that word. Yeah,
0: and it was to difficult. do with the family's um, strategy um, in their child rearing of that child. Yeah, it, much. and it was yeah. like saying, "You know, um, you are the same whilst you can do the same as everyone else," or um, saying, "Find your people."
2: Yeah, and I think that's the difference. It it very much depends on whether you have access to the community. So you can be disabled and grow up with absolutely no idea on how to be disabled and have very, um, what we would call ableist views, which would be like, um, you know, you you would think that disability is a bad thing or something that needs to be corrected or, you know, um, you see it as a a, a kind of a, a a bad thing. Like you see it as something that, you try and hide or you try and work around or, you know, you don't accept it and say, do you know what? I'm disabled. That's okay. Um, and that very much depends on who you have around you. So, you know, 80% of people who are disabled aren't born disabled. So they're like me, they become disabled. Um, and so you have the, all these people who are having to learn what disability actually means, but as a society, we don't talk about it. And so that's why I started the Instagram because I, became disabled i assumed that when i became disabled someone would hand me a blue badge or at least someone would tell me and nobody did my doctor you know diagnosed me didn't say by the way that you know you count for this you can get help financially you can tick the box in this no one told me no one kind of gave me that information and i had to find it all myself and when i started talking to other people when i did my podcast am i disabled now i learned that actually, everybody else was just as confused. Like I had conversations like trying to learn how to use a wheelchair. <laughs> Not everyone gets taught how to use one. You know, you think that would be a basic, you know, you think a doctor might turn to you and say, by the way, you probably consider a mobility aid. Nobody does that. You know, the people that I find that do that tend to be physios because they work with us closely a lot of the time and they can see the difference in our bodies and go, you probably would benefit from this. But very often people aren't told, so they don't feel that they can have it. So they then aren't getting the help that they need. And that's what kind of my Instagram and the podcast and all the work that I do is about highlighting the fact that we're just not having conversations about disability. The other thing that I feel it does is um,
0: it, it's... I feel like you you talk about this the contract that occurs when a person accepts the label of disabled and with it, because we're, you know, we're a developed country and we, we, you know, we can provide certain support systems for that. You know, the the deal is that you remain in the margins in some areas and you're changing that. That's what it feels like to me. You're sort of changing that about, there's a thing about visibility, about what it means. To, and and which which is also attached to why someone would have reluctance to describe themselves in that way historically
2: yeah i think i think the issue is we have one very key look at how we look at disability i think for me especially when i wasn't disabled disability to me was someone in a wheelchair and that was it um that's all we really see in representation it's all we see on tv or in in books and things like that and so we don't understand the nuances that comes with disability you know as many disabled people as there are there are different disabilities two people with the same condition will not experience it in the same way um the other issue it's something that i found really difficult was i need different aids for different days so one day i might need a wheelchair. But the next day, I might not, or I might only need a walking stick. And people don't understand that kind of ebb and flow of disability, that it can be not linear and not just like, oh, I'm in a wheelchair and I can't move my legs. You know, that's a very specific situation. And, you know, there's ambulatory wheelchair users, which means, you know, I'm one of those, I can walk, but it is better for me if I can sit in a chair to do things, because it ultimately saves me the energy and means that I have less of an impact the next day um the idea that disability can be changing and that you can't maybe see it straight away is something that we don't understand as a society and I think you know
0: I'm on a local um notice board an e-notice board for where I live in, in um not in London outside London and um the exact same situation that you described—a wheelchair user who can partially walk some distance, but then relies on it—they're using a disabled space. That's like that's a whole thread. That's yeah. a whole thread, and you know, of of of
2: fury. F- yeah. Seriously. I do what I used to do when I when I encounter that my favourite thing is I can see people looking you'll see people looking if I move my legs <laughs> and doing? I'm in a wheelchair <laughs> I literally go I literally go oh, it's a miracle <laughs> 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 and, and you don't Praise know how Jesus. To, oh, it makes people <laughs> yeah Praise we literally Jesus. are like oh, oh, oh I wasn't looking <laughs> that would be so good yeah oh it's great God. fun um, the, I, I find humour in it because it's easier than dealing with the day to day um The day-to-day is a lot, you know, even just existing as a disabled person, walking out the front door. I am aware that I'm going to get a lot of stairs. I may have people come up to me and ask me questions. Complete strangers in the street will come up and ask me, you know, what's wrong with me? Ask for my medical history, (laughs) you know. um, And then you have those people, like you're saying in the thread, who will police whether you're using a disabled space. Um, And again, it's because we're not talking about disability. Also, if you have a better car than them.
0: If you if you if you have a decent car with a disability (laughs) sticker on it, it's like how can you be disabled
2: and have a Tesla?
0: Fuck Uh. you!
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) don't even get me started on money and disability. (laughs) You have to have like I don't know, well you have to have a really sort of sensible,
0: sturdy car that. (laughs)
2: But we we don't expect disabled people to have pleasure or to have good and nice things because we equate disability with poor people and the fact that you must be below the poverty line to be able to be given help. You know, um, like, it's not fair that the disabled person would be given financial help and not be below the poverty line because why are we helping them? And that's that kind of image we have of how disability is supposed to be, Um which is incredibly unfair you know and yes it is true you you can be disabled and you're more likely to be poor because you're most likely to live below the poverty line especially you have a disability that greatly affects your life and you need a lot of help but also that doesn't necessarily go hand in hand that isn't you know a given um and I think that's also what I talk about quite a lot on my Instagram it's um we're going to talk about your entrepreneurial
0: endeavors in a moment but okay. um it's interesting this some um, this week, team real work, we, we're doing some work on diversity and inclusion at the moment, just sort of behind the scenes to make um, real work better. And, um, I did some training over the weekend online training with the other box, which are amazing. And it's sort of like sort of all entry level allyship. And part of it is looking at, um, a privileged fingerprint. So I knew yeah. that I was white. So I was privileged from that. I knew that I went to a posh school that I was privileged from that. So I had all these layers you know, I was ticking all these boxes. And then one of them, which I hadn't considered before was having an outgoing personality. And mm. that was in the privileged fingerprint. And I'd never, t- have you seen that, Buckers, on that? Have you Have you got to that bit yet? I haven't got that far yeah, yet. Yeah, it's so no, fascinating. Because, and, and in terms of allyship to people who don't, like I'm very outgoing, so I find it easy to walk into a room and say hi. Or, so the, the lovely example that you gave of um, saying Christ has healed me when, um, <laughs> you know, you get a dirty look in as the car park. Um, yeah, I'm. I have that in me. Like I have that. Mm. I have that energy in me to to give back. But again, that's a privilege, isn't it? That's another yeah. that's another layer of privilege. And so in a way, that incredible charisma and personality that you have, you're using that privilege to to affect yeah. um, an area of um, where you are less privileged and sort of have found your people in that that area. it's it's interesting also
2: because i'm i'm in a position it's safe for me to say that i'm disabled you know i obviously i'm self-employed now no one's going to take away my job you know I, i i hid my disabilities for the first year that i was employed because i was terrified of the questions that did come once i was honest about it and once i brought in my mobility aid which was can you do this are you capable should you be doing this you know all of those questions um and some people can't be openly disabled. You know, that about one third of us of the population is disabled, but you wouldn't know that about a lot of... You probably have several friends who are disabled who either don't know to identify that they're disabled or they're disabled and they're hiding it because they don't want people to know because it's not safe for them to be openly disabled.
0: Which, which bearing in mind your business was based on pimping up new mobility aids so that people can see them from space... Yeah. then um, basically that makes you the sort of punk freedom fighter in that <laughs> in that area i mean that's that's an act of rebellion isn't it if it's
2: yeah yeah it is i'm i'm being visibly disabled and being proud about it yeah it is, it's it's uh, a i have the like you say the privilege to be able to do that safely um which I take great fun in.
0: (laughs) We're going going to go to the fun bit in a minute and to the work bit. But, Buckers, don't you think it's fascinating? A few weeks ago, Hannah, we did a trans visibility podcast. Don't you think it's fascinating that there's so much similarity in what Hannah's saying? When she said, Mm. you know, I had to consider before um, sort of outing myself as a disabled person, Mm. I have to consider the consequences on, like, my career, my housing, my relationships – of what that means. That's yeah. exactly the same as someone, we, our guest who had a gender transition was talking about, is it safe for people yeah. to know?
2: I think it's that thing though, you've, you've got to think about intersectionality as well. And they say, it's something that I talk about an awful lot um, where because disability is one of the largest um, minorities that you can be part of yeah. quite often other minority will will intersect with it yeah so um you know i'm obviously very close to the trans community or the non-binary community and you know a lot of their experiences are very similar in that sense but it, it also intersects you're more likely to be someone who would be in that area and then also be disabled um and that adds a new layer of issues you know if you if you fall into more than one minority you have so many more issues so when i say it might not be safe for certain people someone from the black community may not be able to be openly disabled yeah. because of the the intersections of those minority groups and how yeah. disability is viewed and that then how being received. black is also be viewed in racism so why you will see a lot of similarities in those things is because a lot of it is it makes it more likely that you'll be part of one of those camps so um, compression socks
0: currently (laughs) you are making your punk statement with um compression socks which is a garment widely used by lots widely worn by lots of disabled people who um i'm actually wearing some today (laughs) 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 i live in (laughs) them, and that's just um support for your um um for your blood vessels if you're not walking around as much as a- average person,
2: that too, and also the um things like I get orthostatic intolerance when I stand up, so I <laughs> got off of the sofa too quickly the other day and nearly fainted. Um, so uh, what it does is it helps with pushing the blood back up to my head, so yeah. that I can stand up and not feel like I'm going to pass out. Um, which is quite nice. I quite enjoy that. It also reduces pain. Um, so it by increasing blood flow, um, it actually uh works on. Oh god i can't remember how all of it intersects but basically it, it works on reducing pain and inflammation as well which you get a lot more in your legs and limbs i mean it's helpful in the hands as well um, i actually know someone who's just cut holes in theirs and stuck their hand <laughs> to make it an arm garment so i mean you know it works um compression everywhere is actually really helpful
0: and um how long have you have the business
2: been live because before you- since november
0: that is it in a way you kind of preloaded your success didn't you because you have such an engage you had such a clear voice on social media and your with your newsletter which everyone should sign up to It's absolutely brilliant i really that's how i first i think yeah. found you i just really i'm not particularly a newslettery person i'm quite you know i have my inbox is too busy and i delete and i delete but i look out for yours because it's um it it's funny it challenges challenges me in you know, my world view and it puts me back in my box often but um <laughs> you're a great artist as well do you draw those cartoons no <laughs> okay fair enough and what is a it's a creative process they have you have yeah. a brilliant but you never go into memes
2: no i find that i want to create stuff that you can't create using memes a lot because disability isn't necessarily represented in tv and yeah
0: i don't like memes i'm i'm famous for really not liking them also yes. there's uh, another of the things i learned on the other box training so only recently have i learned this <laughs> is um to do with like um ableist language around mental health so even yep. this morning i said to my kid don't do that you're crazy yeah. And that was, I only literally learned that this weekend, you know, to try and correct saying things. And I feel like the whole world of me is kind of built on that because so often the person, the funny thing that's happening in the picture is a, is a woman, you know, in a sun dignified position or like, her, you know, or, or she's not very well, or she's having a bit of a meltdown. Mm. And um, that's kind of part of the joke, isn't it?
2: So yeah, I'm, I think it is rooted in a certain amount of ableism certainly um but then our I, our entire society is soaked in it it's like talking about diet culture i think that's the one that it's i always such, such try a per- and...
0: it's a perfect response it's like people saying... understand it but, yeah <laughs> so the interviewer says wow there's i've noticed i'm, I'm showing insight and sensitivity because i've noticed this thing is ableist and are you saying yes yeah, so the whole world is ableist yeah it's no uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's no news flash to me <laughs> so, down. it's like, yeah, it's like once you see it, you can't so, really unsee it. It's so funny. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah, smack. Okay, back in your box. So um, how how did you um how did you know you could start a business like how when have you been did you been planning? Because you worked in the telly box before.
2: Worked in telly, yeah. Loved it. Um nearly burnt myself. Well, I did burn myself out, that's what happened. Um, I I was very used to uh, helping companies build from being little and kind of building from there. And, you know, I used to deal with million pound budgets and things like that. So, uh, quite used to running business type stuff. I did production management. So it was, I was everyone's mum, And I used to tell them that they didn't have money for anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's pretty much was my job. So, uh, for me running a business wasn't too far of a stretch i'd done it as a teenager as well i'd run quite a few different businesses when i was younger um you? yeah Before i younger? ran a record label at one point teach <laughs> you what kind of music yeah oh just like it was like indian rock it was like um we used to like set up different gigs around like bristol and things like that so um
0: so that, again, that's smack down on my um, interview path of like saying, you used to work in television, which is completely unusual. Yeah. to. It's completely different to starting a business Like yeah, I loads.
2: Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> sorry. smackdown <laughs> just, just number two. You. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe you need a sound effect for that. Um, <laughs> it's probably going to happen if you don't. Marcus <laughs> uh, loves sound effect.
0: I love a sound but effect. What would you choose what for it? What could we have? A, i don't know uh, me being whacked something being splattered a, uh, and whacked. a cartoon like kaboom yeah yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah
0: or a mic drop no that's when you do something that's when you do something good yeah so uh, Buck, <laughs> buckers as well as being a great podcast producer is also an avid viewer of, of certain daytime tv programs do you know that oh. because that was um your area that was your niche wasn't yeah. it yeah i just you know did that, daytime buckers. uh reality shows so Lots which which ones you
2: oh, i um, bet you've watched them you you probably have i i i am under um so i can talk about some of it i don't know how much i i can talk about Talk um, about some of the things you're allowed sun, to talk about sun
0: sea and brides to be getting frisky in cyprus is have you been
2: lurking on my uh, <laughs> yeah i have yeah i have yeah like, we always go and look at yeah. people's <laughs>
0: Insta- um, in linkedins because there's always there's always some skeleton <laughs> in the closet there's always hidden stuff there. yeah oh she's gone Oh no, Buckers! What <laughs> happened? Sun seeing and uh, Sun seeing brides to be. Hopefully, she'll come back. Okay, she might have just lost Wh- connection. While um, while she's there, I'm going to Google. It's so brilliant that the the um, teaser lines for Sun Seeing Brides to be is so good. I haven't heard
1: of that one. I've heard of um... it was on Channel Four. Um... Listen.
0: Sunsy and suspicious parents. I've heard. A of. groom struggles to fit into his suit on the big day, and one wedding venue turns in to a nuptial nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Uh, and also posh pawnbrokers. She's the pro- production coordinator on posh pawnbrokers. So posh people selling their posh yeah, stuff. Yeah. So to if other you've got people. a Learjet and you need hard cash now then a what you know like a private plane
1: <laughs> hello sorry i froze That's okay um, welcome back we we're just talking about posh
2: pawnbrokers
0: um, oh god no okay yeah <laughs> if you have a private jet and you you can give yeah. it to the pawnbroker and um they'll give you cash and then yeah. we have to go and buy it back before hopefully yeah. no one else has bought it
2: yeah well they're not allowed to sell it until um a certain date so there's like a, a right. date that you have Time to pay back by and then and
1: yeah. did you meet some super super privileged people on that show
2: i bet <laughs> i i can't talk too much oh, about you actually got a gagging order. <laughs> uh, when you're in uh tv you often sign uh stuff to say that you can't talk about certain background things that happen um especially not in a recorded podcast <laughs> maybe
1: ask, ask me after we will well we do have thousands of listeners hannah so
0: you're right to be careful oh, she burns have you ever um, been to a pawnbroker, fuckers <laughs> uh no i have no
1: is that like um is it those like cash Ca- gold yeah cash c- is that a different that's thing? when you
0: actually give them gold and you don't get it back because they melt it um, and make it into something else. No, I haven't. Cash converters is um, the one we used to use in Camden in the nineties. When um, I'm not, I'm going to stop telling the story because it ends badly for me. <laughs> it's really bad. Did you buy or sell? I just feel myself going down this cul-de-sac you both go quiet look at me and then i realise this is going to reflect <laughs> extremely badly on me <laughs> come on what did you buy no, what did you I want buy know. No. I did we just needed fast cash it was the early yeah. 90s the clubbing scene was happening do the maths yeah what, what did you sell <laughs> oh because you're so innocent look at her she's just like so just i can't you're just so you're like bambi it's just wrong to tell you certain things about the, how the world works. You'll find out one day. <laughs>
1: let's uh, one day. Let's, it can't be much more than shh, like a shh. like a boot sale. I've done loads of boot sales. It's can't it's boot, not sales. Like a boot again, sale
0: again. Just shows how wholesome you <laughs> no. are. It's not no.
1: It's when you're not. standing in line no. at cash
0: converters, you, it's not the same people. It's, I mean,
2: to be fair, I was doing the privileged pawnbrokers, so you know. No, mine was the lowest <laughs> the lowest
0: end of the spectrum. Yeah. And uh, I was there. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, thanks for that
1: tease that went nowhere.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wah wah wah. Do you think we're going to get a, a podcast award for this episode? <laughs> 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 then you can First. have. Fleur Emery reveals absolutely nothing. <laughs> from her past life. Okay, <laughs> I've got I've got, I've got a funny stories for you, Hannah. <laughs> Should we talk about doctors?
2: Yes, we'll talk about that. So
0: doctors. Hannah doesn't also, she has a, a punk approach when um, people get angry when she parks her Tesla in the disabled space. But also sometimes you give it back to doctors. What do you feel about doctors, mainstream medicine, that kind of thing?
2: Ooh, that's a big self act. <laughs> that's, that's not a small question um, n- not great, really. it hasn't been great. Um, you've had some running <laughs> we were talking about this the
0: other day because i gave you a funny story about mm. me and a doctor when i was pregnant should we serve that up to Buckers? do you want to share that
1: well, well you've yeah. got to give What's us think?
0: something <laughs> <laughs> come on you're good you just give me something give me anything did you do a fart on him? Oh, no. So, so, Nine Months Pregnant. I was going to save this for your other podcast, but it's already got too many listeners, so I don't want to boost the ratings. Buckers has a comedy podcast that she runs with her other comedy partner, and it's doing a lot better than this one, which I'm fine about. I'm completely fine about it. Oh, completely fine. I am, I'm delighted for her. <laughs> um, nine it. Months Pregnant, Buckers went in for a checkup doc the male doctor he's probably like i don't know he looked about 18 so he's probably in his 20s <laughs> and i said the usual thing that women say when they're very pregnant which is god oh, you know oh it's very uncomfortable now i really want to get this baby born is there anything that i can is there anything that will bring on la- labor anything to speed it up Oh, shall I say it? <laughs> Who knows? Problem is, I know what's Ooh, coming. <laughs> is there anything that will speed up labour? He said semen. I heard cinnamon.
2: <laughs> I'll wait for it. And I said,
0: yum! I love that. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> I was 42 <laughs> years old. I was a geriatric mother, a single Great, geriatric mother. Let me sprinkle mother. some on my porridge. Oh. That was a low point. That's the payoff for um, the cul-de-sac, the cash converters cul-de-sac that led, that led to broken dreams. There you are. Hey, that pays off. Let's get back to oh Hannah's career. God so sure <laughs> you had done the very clever thing i wonder if it was on purpose or accidental that you'd really found your voice found your niche connected with your people in a very clear way before you sold them anything right
2: i was too sick to do anything else <laughs> um i started my business i was writing about it actually that i started my business at the point where i have been the most sick i have ever mm. been in my life um i couldn't get off the sofa i mean i I can a bit now like we talked about the other day you were like hannah do you want to do this and i was like i'm still trying to learn how to do 10 minutes on a treadmill i was (laughs) just i was just
0: cheerfully ableist with my outgoing personality what a what a come on (laughs) no it's fine because we've got this special tea you can drink and it balances your chakras and you'll probably get better my friend (laughs) took it and she's not disabled anymore wow that's great (laughs) another thing people say right
2: cure yourself yeah yeah. Oh, meditate or um, yeah, think positively. Yoga. You should do yoga. That's what they say. <laughs> Did you
0: see her face? I could resist it. <laughs>
2: I know. I, I knew you What kind of wouldn't. yoga do you do, <laughs> now? I don't think it's the right kind. <laughs> I thought, yeah. yeah. When you uh, bend over and nearly pass out, then yeah, yoga's great. I mean, definitely oh, do that. Um, so you, you, but, or you wouldn't have known. Like you had so much
0: personality, and in your output, it was like so regular. It seemed very planned
2: yes because i did it ahead of time i'm used to so having worked in tv i used to make things happen all the time you know someone would tell me in the morning i couldn't fly a drone over the welsh senate thing and i would get that done um (laughs) you know or driving a tank down the middle of a road which was great fun oh my Um, god roads have weight limits by the way um (laughs) is there a picture of that Um, somewhere i'd love to see that it's on the tv show oh
0: my god we need to yeah, you know the, the thing link, links show notes show notes links links you need to link to that yeah we'll
2: just make that the podcast yeah. artwork
1: for the rest of the podcast
2: um, I, the, the conversation with the council where they were like so is the missile active and <laughs> <laughs> I lied. I was like, "Yeah, no, it's not." I, no, I
0: don't think so. <laughs> definitely, definitely deactivated. Just put a piece of, a piece of um, electrical tape over the button <laughs> and a sign <laughs> to say "Do not press."
2: Well, it's okay. It was the guy who owned it who was driving it because only he could drive it. So well, it was fine. You knew not to push the button. <laughs> the um... so
0: again, I think I'm being ableist again, right? Because you're saying about. Um, I was very ill during that period and i'm saying wow but you work you know you produce so much work and you're coming back with another smackdown saying well listen i had a career in telly and i ran this what and and i'm making <laughs> assumptions about your productivity and your output based on the fact that but, i've uh, known you since you've been disabled
2: yeah i, I mean it, it's difficult it right because um for me, I can output quite a lot. I had this conversation with N- Natasha, Lip- yeah, Natasha Lipman with, um, we did a live the other day that you came and had a look at. You know, we talked about this. Natasha is incredibly good at outputting the same way. We're both very type A personalities. In fact, actually, I was researching this and and people who get chronic illness tend to be type A personalities. We tend to burn ourselves out, <laughs> um, which is not surprising when you sort of look at overworking and the careers that people come from. Um, so in one way, yes, but also I need you to understand that there are limitations to what I do. Um, I was at the sickest point of of my life, but I pre-planned. So I changed the way that I work to fit in with it. So Yes, it looked like I was being very active. But what I do is I create that stuff. I would create it on my mobile. So I didn't have to sit up to do it. You know, I could do it lying down. I was on my mobile anyway, because it's a great pain distraction. Um, Pinterest, where you can just pin things, it's probably the best for pain because you don't really have to think, you just pin. (laughs) I get very obsessed with it. If I'm in a lot of pain, I'm very active on Pinterest. Um, But I changed the way I work so that that fits around how I deal with things. So, you know, disabled people will become incredibly uh, good at working around problems. So, yes, I can't output in the same way that some people would, but also I can find ways around it if given enough time.
0: Strategy.
2: And like resort, it's kind of like leaving the house with kids. This is how I always just, yeah. you know, describe disability. If you try and leave the house with a young child, yeah, <laughs> not easy. You know, you don't walk out the door like you do when you didn't have kids. You know, you don't just walk out and everything's fine. You have to plan about it. You have to get them ready. You have to have an argument with them. You know, um, trying to get the shoes on, the shoes off again. That's very much like dealing with my body. <laughs> like you know. It, it, it'll misbehave like a small toddler and unfortunately unlike a small toddler I can't put it in the naughty corner. Um and what what you're what you're describing, I did a podcast a couple of weeks
0: ago on Frollo um site, which is for single parents, right? It's um and um we were we were kind of is we were talking about like my parenting style. And the one thing that I kind of sort of learned and did was the idea of working with what you've got. So all kids are different. And if you get to the point when you really want to go out, but they just don't want to go out, I just give it, I just work around that we'll go out another time, just change, okay. just changing the plans. And you're describing exactly the same. And so putting, yeah, you know, in, in with a kid, it's like being child centered, like putting what they need. So if they need to go to bed at a certain time, going to bed, and then working back from that not thinking like right, what can i do today to force the child to be awake at eight so i can take it to the restaurant with me it's just like that's the yeah. path to madness and it's you're, you're saying the same thing yeah. it's like what can i do to to make my body do this instead of saying right where am i at with my body and putting that first yeah did anyone teach you that hannah
2: <sighs> no yeah no i I mean yes in the sense that my community taught me that my community taught me how to be disabled um it was because i was active in that community when i was still in tv that i was able to transition and, and work out a better life for myself but it took my therapist saying to me How long is it sustainable for you to keep working like this? Good (laughs) question. um, I had a mini breakdown because she then went on maternity leave. (laughs) A little breakdown. I was like, okay, that I can't do another like thirty odd years of this. What am I going to do with my life? How am I going to support myself? You know, I benefits are great. I don't entirely trust our government. Um, They seem hell bent on taking it away or killing us. Um, So. I didn't want to rely on that system and I wanted to have a business and it killed me for the first couple of months because I did it wrong and then I learned how yeah. to not do it wrong. you got the data <laughs> and I learned well yeah that and and I read um I do not believe in any of his uh political views shall I say but rich dad poor dad you know The one thing that really struck me within that book was the point where he said, you're either an employee of your business or you own your business. And the difference is whether you can leave for six weeks and it still run and make money. That was the thing that changed the entire way that I do my business now. Um, I actively am trying to edit myself out of the business. Um, The only bit of work I'm doing today he's talking to you Yay. guys
0: <laughs> the most, and that's the most it, valuable know. use of your time because you'll be broadcasting your message to our thousands and thousands of international listeners will you buckers
2: yeah but it's you know i can do that because i don't have to be active in my business Ooh, floods Fle- floods just left
1: the recording <laughs> just, just exited <laughs> that was it <laughs> <laughs> It was the comment about how many listeners we have and she just thought, <laughs> no, like, sod this. Yeah. I'm not taking that. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be back. Yeah. Does it like kick you out? When... Oh, well, I don't know. I don't. She uses a Mac and I... I... Uh, yeah, I'm I use Mac as well. allergic <laughs> to Mac, so I don't know if no. that's what,
2: what happens. <laughs> I used Mac before they became popular. I'm just saying. Right, you're one of the like the OG like the Mac original, users. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when they were white and very
0: squashy. <laughs> oh, there we go. She's back. Ta-da. So I think, um, I think I got bumped out just after Hannah said, "The government are trying to kill us." <laughs> yes oh, brilliant and i noticed yeah. buckus's pencil were you um were you writing down to check that after so i think i think hannah said the the government seemed to be trying to kill us which i so illegal i think we're okay are we free speech yeah. that's absolutely okay, fine good. so um <laughs> i'm not worried I think we got bumped out after
1: that oh my god <laughs> Most yeah. listening to us. Pow. Oh. the um what did i miss <laughs> Um, we Not were that. talking about Macs yeah. and how Hannah was a Mac user before they became cool, an early
2: yeah. adopter. So I remember when they were square and looked like PCs, and you couldn't double click otherwise they'd die. Yeah.
0: That isn't that is why, but that's because you worked in telly.
2: No, actually, my, it's my dad. Um, he, oh God, I know is I he a very ant- entrepreneurial? Are you? Is it in the blood? Yeah. Uh. So he he is technically an artist but he used to run a research uh company he's uh one of the world leaders in 3d printing um and he used to work with he- hewlett packard so he's a professor and i i once used his like patented um thing it basically they told him you couldn't print twice in a printer like Print it and then run it back through and print in the exact yeah. same position. Um, he shoved a block of wood in it and went, There you go. And they gave him a professorship. <laughs> 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 but I then used that for a year as a doorstop and he got really annoyed because he'd been looking for the it. Imagine piece of wood. <laughs> and I was like, It's just a piece of wood. <laughs> and he was like, No, it's my patented blah, blah, blah. Yeah. His professor block. He, he tends to ring me up and say things like, I'm laser printing on eggs um, today. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry i started on golf balls can he um
0: can he 3d print you some bespoke mobility aids that you can
2: i would love um no <laughs> we talked did about you it ask him? But, um it's it's expensive uh, yeah i did because um he writes books on printing on stuff so we were talking about how you'd print um in a sustainable and durable way on a walking stick which is actually really difficult and expensive because you need a rotor printer how much does a rotor printer cost oh huge amounts but um even if you go to a printing specialist which is what i was looking at um the, the walking stick is is a larger width than what they're used to printing and so they get really confused and although my dad was like just tell them that you can shove it in there and it'll be fine um, they wouldn't
0: and you just end up with the world's
2: most expensive
0: walking stick to have to sell it to Snoop Dogg. Yeah, so, yeah. So um, <laughs> Who's the richest walking yeah, stick owner I could think
2: of. I love that that's your. <laughs>
1: I don't think it's a walking <laughs> stick.
2: actually not. He uses walking. Is games, it okay? Yeah. Okay. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
1: It's... it's not a mobility aid.
2: No. <laughs> I think it's
1: a dancing prop. Oh
2: for his music videos yeah let's call it that i don't
0: think it's a walking (laughs) stick it's not he's too problematic to be on this podcast although he's very popular
1: (laughs) i share a birthday with snoop Dogg, so that's relevant do you do you ever do you have a
0: joint party joint party at tiger tiger (laughs) i've tried (laughs) the um the compression socks are going like the clappers and What's
2: next? Several things. One thing I can't talk about. Ah, um... Top secret.
0: Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's I'm not working... a telly thing though. It's not one of those secrets.
2: No, it's not a, it's not one of the NDA It's just signed... um,
0: exciting, so you're gonna make a big yeah. splash of them. Yeah,
2: it's exciting and it's gonna take some time to do, um which be good. But uh yeah. More garments There's a couple of things in the work. Yeah, more well, more Assisted devices, should we say? <laughs> I'm. I can't wait.
0: The um. And tell me what it is like within your community. Are you unusual in your entrepreneurial flair? Uh, are, are, how are you considered in that way?
2: It's interesting to look at. I am not technically unusual because a lot of um disabled people. So percentage wise in comparison to uh self-employment in non-disabled people there's actually a higher percentage in disabled people because frankly it's it's jobs are not set up for us so yeah. we tend yeah going back looping back own. to that
0: thing we said at the beginning in terms of like you can lose yeah. your job on some for some arbitrary reason when you yeah. come out as disabled yeah. and you're forced to fight and be entrepreneurial
2: well even simple things like i, I at least like if i'm having a crappy day like I don't have to work, you know. I I might lose a bit of money for that, but I, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, the setup that I'm now doing is completely changed in the sense that I don't lose money. Um, even if I'm sick and if I don't work, I could stop working today. Um, it'd probably be about a week, two weeks before anyone noticed that I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> before That's a win. That's a that win right, right there. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of. That's the whole point. Um, I so yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not unusual in my community because we all have to do that, and we also have. I'm. I was trying to explain to non-disabled people before the concept of communal aid, um, because what happens a lot in the disability community, and I think what I love about it so much is um, we club together quite a lot, so. Disabled people will make a point of buying from other disabled people. Um, But also things like say, you know, wheelchairs and stuff are incredibly expensive and we don't always get the financing that we need. So if someone needs a wheelchair, they'll do a GoFundMe and we'll chip it. You know, that's, it's just how it is. Um, That sounds nice. I've never been, yeah, I've never been part of a community that is so strong in that sense and so um, supportive you know, there's so many people that I haven't even met in real life, but are really, really close to. Um, I know that if I'm having a bad day or I'm, I'm struggling with things, I can talk to them. You know, I have a community of other people who run businesses who are sick and that's how I learn how to run mine. And, you know, that was really important for me as well, you know, so. And you pass that on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was helped a lot in the beginning when I was learning and I now do a certain percentage of stuff where I will do stuff for free just because it helps other people or small businesses.
0: Um, So in fact, you're not unusual, but you might be unusual in terms of how visible you are.
2: Yeah, I I suppose because I'm used to talking to other people who are quite visible as well. It's maybe not so unusual to me, but yeah, probably to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, the difference is, is that I'm very open about the fact that I'm disabled within my business, which I've noticed not a lot of other disabled people feel as comfortable as I do about saying they're disabled even though they're running their own business, um, which I think is quite a big thing. Would it help if more were? I think it would help to an extent like I think for me like I had to put certain boundaries around and be like I'm not you know I have an autoresponder on my email that's like I'll get back to you in 72 business hours like it's not like I don't I don't respond to emails straight away I don't (laughs) I don't do an awful lot like I like even if customer queries like I have a, a FAQ sheet that is sent to them as part of my autoresponder but it's they know that they're gonna have to wait longer for a response on issues you know it's I had to design and be very honest but then at the same time I do have the extra benefit of my community also being disabled so the people I sell to are also in the same position of me so they're more understanding um but I do think it would help everyone if we were more honest about our limitations because I think the more that it happens the more that other people are able to do that and to step back and be like do you know what you can actually run a business and not Instantly answer that email or text or phone call, you know, that you can set business times of when you reply. Like, I only reply to emails like for one hour in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, otherwise, you, you're going to wait. <laughs> and for
0: businesses like Real Work, like, I'm looking at this stuff at mm. the moment. Um, what can no, I'm not going to ask you what can we do because that's just like emotional labor. You're already exhausted. You've been sat there laughing at all my jokes. That would just be like, <laughs> that would just be on the, the cherry on the ables cake.
2: But but you say that. And I think the other thing is, is actually that like it's also important to ask that question. Like, yes, I But and, not and to I'm glad necessarily that you, to you, you right recognize... now. Not
0: necessarily to you right now. It's like, it's my, no, it's my job to go talking... and find out for myself, isn't
2: it? Yes. But then we're talking in terms of a podcast, I think. If you frame it as what can business, what's the few steps that businesses can understand? Okay. I mean, that's the question I get a lot. You know, what can they understand and what can they implement that's really, co- really quick and and really something that they should be doing? For me, my answer is always the accessibility page. Like, just I mean, ironically, I don't have it on my website yet. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think the, we've the, got one. Yeah, well, just have an, but I mean, an accessibility page that literally says, if your business is physical, how many steps have you got? Yeah, yeah, You know, have you got a, a ramp to the entrance? You know, is there issues getting in the door? Um, and the other thing is, it's just saying, if you require any assistance... We're more than happy to accommodate you. Please just email us on blah, and then respond to the fucking email if I email you. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not this. We I think we make it out to be this massive thing, accessibility, like the idea that it should be all of these different things. And frankly, I, the one thing I always get you know trolled over, but at the same time, it's really important to understand is that you cannot be fully accessible. <laughs> it's it's completely impossible and you know why because access needs clash you know someone who is hard of hearing will need more sound but someone who's like me who's who finds sound really difficult and needs a quieter space it, you know, those access needs clash, then they're, they're not going to be able, you're not going to be able to cater for all of them. So what we have to understand about accessibility and changing businesses and stuff to be more accessible is, is providing the option of people to come forward and say, this is what I need. Can you provide that? Um, And it's really important to create an environment in which people feel that they can ask those questions and say, I need this, or I need a wheelchair for this, or I need help with this bit, or I need you to, to read this out to me differently, or I need to be able to have a phone call or whatever, you know, you cannot be fully accessible. It's just impossible. Um, So it's really important that we foster environments where we work with customers or consumers Um, and that we're not just saying it's a one way street, it's now a conversation. Um, and I think that's what we forget about disability and and accessibility is that they're there isn't one size fits all. We can't just wave a magic wand and suddenly become fully accessible. That's It's just not going to happen. Um, but what we can do is change the way we speak about access and and make it more of a positive thing and a positive experience. Like, tell me how many steps you've got. Like, give me that information in the beginning. But also, if you don't know what other bits I might need, provide a way for me to talk to you about it.
0: Via, that's a nice segue. Um, <laughs> And we can learn more of this stuff from your brilliant newsletter that everyone should get. Should we um, finish with a little plug, plugette? Uh, buckers yeah, would that be okay? I think that would be customary. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about um, your newsletter.
2: So my newsletter is co- called The Noble Guide to, to Crackamas. Let's goodness. have an
0: infomercial for the...
1: Um... <laughs> I'll find some cheesy music for you, Hannah.
0: Yes. So feel free to go all out we've got some f-bombs in this that i dropped <laughs> yeah. and then there was a crp word earlier and uh, you'll need the bleeper on the ready for that as well <laughs> just wait and see you're gonna love it um <laughs> yes the new the newsletter is not just for disabled people it's for everyone yeah everyone to be yeah. in the conversation right
2: yeah it's it's designed so i spent a lot of my time i think when you become disabled um there's you learning how to be disabled and then there's also teaching everybody else around you how to deal with you being disabled um and so for me the the noble guardian is kind of the breakdown of that like everything that i do is making it the simplest thing possible so even your most annoying aunt who really does not get disability (laughs) can understand it and can understand in terms of very simple terms, things like, you know, autonomy and, you know, what's the difference between the medical model and the social model of disability. It's, it's really explaining those things that I never got told. Like I'd entered the community and people were talking about it and I was like, what is this? I don't really understand it. Nobody has explained it. Um, and so, I started looking it up and I started them breaking it down into ways that it was easy to understand.
0: You do with so much humor and so much energy, but there's, there is stuff, I mean, it makes me remember it more because it's like hmm. funny and engaging. So for example, um, letting the disabled person lead on how they describe themselves, like a person with a disability or a disabled person, there's two, diff- they're two different things. And you're like listening out and not making a big thing of it, just paying attention with the way they describe themselves and trying to reflect that back because that's their decision about how they, that's their identity.
2: Yeah, so person first and um, disability first language is is really kind of a hot topic in disability. In fact, we end up arguing a lot <laughs> <laughs> over it. um I got trolled over because people are like you should say that most disabled people prefer, you know, putting the disability first and and that's true most people do, but at the same time there are people who still use person first, and, first um, and prefer to be called um I am a person with, I'm a woman with. Yeah, I'm a person with X disability or, you know, um, I am a disabled person or I'm, yeah. So you you do it first rather than being like, I'm disabled, which is how I describe myself. Um, And we have bits within kind of the disability community where there are things that we argue about a lot um, and don't agree on because... People all come from different walks of life and different experiences. So, and it's it's one of the largest minority groups. So, you know, it's it's very difficult to get everyone to agree. And so, what a lot of it is about is understanding that there are nuances in here and understanding, like you say that you're going to have to listen to how that disabled person describes themselves because it may not be the same as your aunt Maud yeah. who is also disabled, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just different.
0: The, um, um, and part of like reading your newsletter and your output is um, one, one of the, the messages to get is, the and this came from the other box as well, is diversifying our input. So if people are listening mm. and they just think, well, that was interesting. She is a nice woman. That was funny. <laughs> and then they just switch <laughs> off back to their life where they have no exposure to the voices of disabled people. You can change up your social media feeds and remember that the algorithm would give you more of like, like the like people like yeah. your following. So giving the message to the algorithm that you want some diversity in there and looking at where you're getting your news from. Um, And who's making that news, like just looking at the sources of things. So you get some diversity and that is a good start, right?
2: Yeah. And understanding that, um, even though I talk about disability, it's very much from my own point of view. So what I say may not be what someone else who's disabled also agrees with. So again, it's that nuance. So you need to follow more than one disabled person because, um, and different types of disabilities because people have very different views depending on it, you know, um, and their experiences. Because people are I'm just people. Who... Well, yeah, and also things like I can pass for being not disabled because unless you see me with a mobility aid, you wouldn't know I was disabled. But to be fair, we would see a mobility aid because it's probably
0: highly, yeah,
2: highly my... embellished. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but if I didn't have it with me, you wouldn't know I was disabled until I told you. And that's a, you know, that's a privilege in itself in the yeah. disability community. Is- and in like in racism passes as white like that you can
0: you can pass it's um it's been absolutely brilliant thank you for being our guest for the smackdowns for the highs the lows (laughs) and um, we look forward to seeing you on the other side of real work that's the end of this week's episode of the real work podcast if you want more from me before the next episode or you'd like to learn more about real work You can find me on Instagram and YouTube where I share experience and advice for women who want to work and earn on their own terms. My Instagram handle is at doreal.work and on YouTube it's realwork, all capitals, all one word. Please rate and review this podcast if you know how (laughs) and tell people about it. It all helps. Thank you for being here. See you next time. I don't think I. I don't think I remember to say in the intro. I don't think I remember to say to go onto iTunes and rate us. We have got a couple of ratings and reviews this week, but not many. I, I should have said it. It's hard to remember. I'm getting better at it. I know. You are. You are.
1: I've noticed the last few episodes you've been really good at it and I can see in your face, I know that you find it awkward. Uh, Do you know what? I've actually... I was thinking the other day, it might be useful just to have, like, a little jingle to go on the end and then you don't have to worry about doing it when we're recording. We just have something that just covers it off. That would be amazing. So I did actually uh, make you something...
0: (sighs) Did you? I like yours. I love yours. They. Who's the guy who did the piano in that? He's some, He's like a, a concert pianist or yeah, something. He's, he's called incredible. Tom Seals. Yeah. He's called Tom
1: Seals, and he is amazing. He's played <gasps> piano all over the world. So um, you've made me.
0: You've made me one already.
1: Well, yeah, I've made one for you. Yeah. You did. I, do you want?
0: Yeah. 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 Is it like your one? Um,
1: I mean, kind
0: of. Great. Let's hear and subscribe like and subscribe do it do it now like me like me subscribe to me review me review me review me rate the podcast or i will be very sad i won't make another one unless you rate it i will know that you have i will notice if you have not rated it it all seems a little bit thirsty is that what the young people say bit thirsty rate the podcast or I will be very sad. Review me. I, I, I wouldn't say I was begging. Was I begging? Do it. Do it now. Like me. Like me. Subscribe to me. Review me. Review me. Like and subscribe. Did you take those words for me saying that to make that?
1: Yeah, just when we were messing about the other day, I thought it was quite fun. Thanks. You sound really modern. Okay. If you want to make a podcast that your audience will adore, but the thought of making it yourself terrifies you to the core, then you know who to call.
2: Producer Bacchus,
1: she knows just what to do. Producer Bacchus, To make your podcast dreams come true She used to work in radio Where she was polypedial A dab-handed audio Find Producer Buckers on Instagram At Decibel underscore creative Or click the link in the show notes Come on everyone Producer Buckers If you want to hire the best Producer Buckers Just put it to the test Producer Buckers Just press record And she does the rest juice up, Parker.